you know, we have touch, we have taste, we have sight, we have hearing, we have smell. Actually, the Bible says spiritually. We even covered last week about our human spirit. Spiritually, in the spiritual realm, all five of those senses exist. We can, we can touch Christ. We can hear Christ. We can see Christ spiritually. We can taste Christ spiritually. And even there's a smell, there's a fragrance of Christ. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. This is Jake Martin again with Christians on Campus. In this episode, we will continue the same metaphor that we began with in this series, Captives in Christ's Triumphal Procession. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 say, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Paul says here that being led in Christ's train of victory creates a pleasant aroma of Christ that others can sense. We want to see what it is for this fragrance to be spread through his believers. Here's Danny. So this week we're continuing. We're in a new topic. We're covering metaphors for the Christian life. And so, this, so we're, we're in 2 Corinthians, and Paul uses different metaphors in this book and applies them to our Christian life. And so today, just like on Monday, we're going to be covering one of those metaphors. And so, just a quick, we probably won't even read all that. This is just a definition of a metaphor. We're probably all familiar what a metaphor is, but a thing regarded as representative or symbolic of something else, especially something abstract. And then this will be the main verse we're looking at today, and it's 2 Corinthians 2.14, which is, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And so we're going to be looking specifically even at this word triumphal procession. And then here just the Greek word. We won't spend too much time in the Greek word for that. But this, when Paul used this word in Greek, this is what he was referring to in the Roman times. That during the time of the Roman Republic, the Senate honored a conquering general by allowing him to celebrate the victory with a formal procession. The procession usually included musicians, followed by men leading cattle that would be slaughtered. The spoils of war came next. Then came the captive kings, princes, generals, and their families. They were followed by more of the defeated enemy bound in fetters. Walking behind them were the men who would execute them. Then came the general in a grand chariot. So this is what, in the Roman time, this is what they would do when they defeated someone. And they would have this triumphal procession, which, reading this, it's in this example in history, is not positive. But how 
it is applied to us as Christian and how Paul applies it is actually quite wonderful. And so I just want to quickly, here's kind of just a, an illustration of this, of them, they've had a victory conquered. You have the captives there being led, ones leading the general in behind. You have the musicians. And so Paul uses this in 2 Corinthians 2.14. And the context here is right before this, he, a door is open to him, actually even in the Lord for the gospel. So he's, he was one commissioned and called by God to go out and share the good news, the gospel. And the Lord sends him to many different places and he shares the gospel. Many people get saved. Churches are raised up. And so in one occasion, there is an open door. There's an opportunity sovereignly that he can go and share the gospel. But it said he has no rest in his spirit because he, he was burdened to find Titus, his brother, and know the condition of a church. And so instead of taking this open door, he then returns to Macedonia to find Titus and get the report concerning a church. And then it goes into that, into this verse about God in Christ always leads us in a triumphal procession. That Paul was one being led by the Lord. The Lord was his general. The Lord was the victor, the one who defeated him and was now leading him in this procession, in this train of defeated ones. And so again, why this, it doesn't seem, it might not seem too positive. It's like, okay, you know, being led in this way or even this example. But we need to see that we all, as we, we just covered Romans, we just finished Romans. We all start actually as enemies. It says in Romans, if we being enemies, we're reconciled to God. This was our beginning position before we were saved. Because of the fall, because of what took place in our sinful, rebellious nature, we were all enemies to God. But God had mercy on each one of us to defeat us. Even to defeat us that we would recognize, I am a sinner. Lord, I need your blood. I need salvation. I receive you. To have this kind of confession, this kind of opening to the Lord, that was actually a, a positive, a defeat to us. Wherever we were, we then got somewhat subdued by the Lord, our general. When he was on the cross, it even says that he not only, he defeated Satan, the demons, and he was the victor there, but also he defeated us. But then we have to really consider how much have we really been defeated? Because, and how much is our experience to be in this train of defeated ones following, just following our general? He's leading us. Because we, I mean, if, if we're honest, we realize we have a 
will, we have a direction, a desire that we like to go. And sometimes that, that might not be the same direction that the Lord wants to take. If you consider, if you were there, they, these ones that were being led, they, they didn't, they weren't saying, Hey, let's go right here. We come to, or let's turn left here, or let's go to this place. They just followed. They followed wherever their general would take them. They followed. And we, as believers in the Lord, need to have this same experience where the Lord defeats us. We see this very clearly. We have a good example with the Apostle Paul, who used to be Saul. In the Bible, if, I don't know how many of you are familiar with this, how he used to be very, very rebellious, negative. Actually, at one point, he was killing Christians. In Acts, on Monday, we, we read the verses about he was breathing out threatening and murder towards the believers. This, he was filled with hatred towards Jesus Christ and his believers. He absolutely hated them and wanted to see them all dragged away into prison and to be killed. Actually, when Stephen, Stephen was a believer, Saul was there when he was being stoned and he said he approved it. He was just happy to see Stephen stoned to death. At that point, he was an enemy. He was one who did not, who was God's enemy, rebellious to, to Jesus. But then Jesus appeared on his, on the road to Damascus, appeared to him a light brighter than the sun. He was knocked to the ground. Who are you, Lord? And he got saved. He received the Lord. And after that, his life, complete 180. Hi, this is Abby again. I'm excited to invite you all to join us on November 21st for our annual Christians on Campus Thanksgiving dinner hosted at the church in Fairborn. Bring your appetite and any food you'd like to share to celebrate with other students before you go home for break. And now, back to Danny. Now, instead of persecuting the church and the believers, he himself became a believer. And not just a believer, but one who was absolutely captivated and a captive following his Lord. Actually, if you read through the rest of Acts, there's cases where he's out, he's sent out by the Lord, and he wants to take a certain direction. He wants to go left. And it says, the Holy Spirit forbids him. Oh, can't go left. Then he wants to go in another region, maybe to the right. It says the Holy Spirit doesn't allow him. Oh, okay, I can't, I can't go there. He's not taking his own way. He's not taking his own path, but he is one just as a captive being led by the Lord. And actually, this is so sweet and so wonderful of an experience just to be defeated by the Lord. Even this prayer is wonderful. Lord, defeat me. Lord, never let me win. Lord, I don't want to be the one who defeats you. Even though he's the Lord, we even acknowledge he's a Lord. He's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's our master. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. But he's also a gentleman who will never force himself on us. And he gave us a free will. But he wants us to be those with our free will who choose him who choose to offer ourselves up, to choose, okay, lead me, 
I won't, I won't take my own way. I won't choose my own path. I won't make my own decisions. Lord, with my will, I fully give everything over to you. Lord, you just lead me. Lord, you defeat me. Lord, if you want me to take a path and I want to take a different path, Lord, don't let me win. Don't let me have my way and take my path. I just want to be your captive. I just want to stay in this train of defeated ones following you. And it goes on to even say, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And this is kind of mysterious, even this phrase, what do you mean spread a fragrance of him and the knowledge of him? And actually the next verse talks about a fragrance of Christ. So there's a fragrance that can be emitted that come from believers who are in this train of defeated ones following the Lord. And so even this, it's it's a little bit mysterious, but this is at least helpful to me. Just as we have five senses, okay, we have five senses that make this world real to us. You know, we have touch, we have taste, we have sight, we have hearing, we have smell. Actually, the Bible says spiritually, we even covered last week about our human spirit, spiritually in the spiritual realm, all five of those senses exist. We can, we can touch Christ. We can hear Christ. We can see Christ spiritually. We can taste Christ spiritually. And even there's a smell, there's a fragrance of Christ. All this in the spiritual realm that is very real and could be our experience. And so this is talking about when ones are that are have been defeated by the Lord and are just following Him, there's a sweet fragrance that comes from them. Just their living, just staying in this train, this triumphal procession. There's a fragrance that affects others. And so today, actually, I just wanted to read some examples of those that were captives of the Lord, those that were just in this triumphal procession, in the fragrance that was that came from more. One, we just saw, one was very clearly Saul who became Paul, very much a fragrance of Christ wherever he went. One who was completely and utterly under the Lord, not taking his own direction, following the Lord. But there's others, because we can look at Paul and be like, well, that's Paul, that's like the apostle. It's like he wrote half the New Testament. Come on, like no one, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe him. But what about us? What about just the typical believer? Can we have this same kind of fragrance, the same kind of experience? And so I'm going to read some, and in some of these, I would say it's a little bit hard because, so this is from a book called Jesus Freaks. It's a little bit older book, but it's, it covers martyrs. And even though it's wonderful to just hear the accounts and the testimonies of these martyrs, at the same time, it can be hard to hear them and hard to read them. So bear with me even in reading some of these accounts. So the first one, this was in the USSR, 
1970. And so there was, there was a pastor and his, and he had an underground church at the time. And so the KGB came in, arrested him, started beating him and torturing him and asking him to list all the members of his underground church. And he was refusing to list any of those members. But they did, they found another member of his underground church. And since torturing him and beating him was not effective, he wasn't doing anything, they thought they would change their strategy. And so, and I'm going to start reading there. After he had been beaten, the pastor repeatedly without success, without, yeah, without success, the captain of the investigation said, we will not torture you anymore. We have another method. They arrested Kamara. They brought him before the pastor and told him, if you do not tell all your secrets of your church, we will torture Kamara in front of you. The pastor could not endure someone suffering for him. He asked Kamara, what should I do? Kamara said to him, be faithful to Jesus and do not betray him. I am happy to suffer for the name of Christ. The captain said, we will gouge out Kamara's eyes. The torturers picked up a knife and started towards Kamara. The pastor could not bear it, and he cried to Kamara, How can I look at this? You will be blind. Kamara replied, When my eyes are taken away from me, I will see more beauty than I see with these eyes. I will see the Savior. You remain faithful to, to the end. When he finished seeing that the pastor had not yet given them the information they wanted. The captain turned to the pastor again and said, if you do not betray your church, we will cut out Kamara's tongue. In despair, the pastor cried, what should I do? Kamara's last words were, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I have said the highest words that can be said. Now, if you wish, you can cut out my tongue. Kamara died a martyr's death. So then, we'll try to read another one. So this was um, a pastor in North Korea in his congregation in 1950. And so, this pastor in 27 of the ones in his church were caught. They were brought before a crowd of 30,000 in the village of Goksan to have a public trial and execution. And they were told to deny Christ or they would die, but they refused. Not one of the believers would deny their faith. So then the officer then called for a steamroller to be brought in. He forced the Christians to lay on the ground in its path. As its engine revved, they were given one last chance to recant of their faith in Jesus. Again, they refused. As the steamroller began to go forward, the Christians began to sing a song they had often sung together. As their bones and bodies were crushed under the pressure of the massive roller, their lips uttered these words. And I won't be able to sing it, but I'm just going to say the, the words. 
More love to thee, O Christ, more love to thee. Thee alone I seek, more love to thee. Let sorrow do its work, more love to thee. Then shall my latest breath whisper thy praise. This be the parting cry my heart shall raise. More love to thee, O Christ. The execution was reported in North Korea press as an act of suppressing superstition. And then one more. So this one um, took place in the early 1900s in China in the Boxer Rebellion. So one day in Beijing, so there was a traveling, there was a pastor there. Um, and so this is the, his account. Where the place of his business was, there was a parade of boxers in the streets with long swords. And they were about to execute a young Christian girl only in her teens. All the stores on the street closed their doors. This preacher, however, who was a young man at the time, looked through the crack of the door. In the midst of the boxers, this young girl was riding in an old mule wagon. She was singing, praising, and rejoicing amidst the threatening of the boxers on her way to her execution. When the young man saw this, he couldn't comprehend it. This young girl was fearless and full of joy. Because of this, this man said to himself that he must go to find out what it is to be a Christian. He did this and eventually, as a result of what he had seen, he received the Lord Jesus, gave up his business, and made a decision to serve the Lord full-time as a preacher. And so, just in sharing just some of the testimonies, you see that these ones, that they had given themselves fully to the Lord. And they were so given to the Lord and so happy to be a captive of Christ that it didn't matter what kind of torture, what kind of things they went to, they could still be filled with joy, filled with singing, filled with praise, and happy in the Lord. Even to realize that this is the happiest and most blessed place. It seems it's paradoxical. We like, we're, in the, we're America, the land of the free. You want the most freedom. And there is freedom in Christ. But that freedom is to be freed from all the other negative things. Sin, the world, Satan, idols, anything that would take the place and take us away from our Lord, the one we love. The best place is to be a captive, fully given over to the Lord, following Him. This is the happiest place. This is the most joyous place. And when we are those that are just following Him in this triumphal procession, there is such a sweet fragrance of Christ that comes forth, and it attracts others. Others know about Christ, just even through seeing and sensing spiritually the fragrance of Christ that comes forth. And we don't, we don't need to be martyrs. We don't need to go through this experience to have this kind of fragrance. We just need to be those who give ourselves fully over to the Lord 
and just be in this train of defeated ones following our dear Lord. These are surely touching testimonies of believers who belong to the Lord to such an extent that they were willing to pay any price for Him, even their lives. And now we get to enjoy such a sweet fragrance of Christ through them, even after so many years. Though we may never need to die for the Lord physically, we each have our own opportunities to remain Christ's captives and spread His fragrance to others. If you like what you heard and would like to hear more, please like, share, subscribe to, and review this podcast. Until next time.